Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. I am Henry Liu, and today I am joined by Porfirio Rangel. Porfirio, how goes? I'm doing really good, Henry. Happy to be here. Good to see you again. And today we're going to talk about the new Venom movie, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. And um, yeah, this came out a little while ago. We're a little late to the game here. Um, It is, today is November 6th, 2021. The movie released back in October, October 1st, 2021. So it's been out about a month, Um, but I think it's a good time to talk about it because we've both seen it. And um, there seemed to be some Spider-Man repercussions with this one. We'll get into it. Um, But uh, yeah, the recently released Morbius trailer uh, could be connected. Everything could potentially be connected here, right? So um, we'll get into it. Uh, But first quick heads up the comic sauce podcast is on social media we are at comic sauce pod on instagram and twitter and uh yeah let's talk some venom so both you and i did see the new venom movie in theaters Mm -hmm. we also we also saw the first venom movie in theaters right um so I think, you know, that's notable because both Venom movies are considered box office hits and both Venom movies are not too well regarded critically. <laughs> and um, I think, you know, a lot of people are saying like, you know, why are, why are, these movies getting made right because they're just they're not really well made right quote unquote well made um and you know people like us are kind of to blame because we are are handing over our money (laughs) to (laughs) to fund these uh poor quality movies right i guess you could say uh but before we get into that um yeah let's talk a little about a bit about venom one, the first Venom movie. We don't have to get super deep into it, but um, you know that's been out a few years, a few years now. Uh, what's your just general feeling on the first Venom movie? What are your thoughts, Perfurio? <laughs> I definitely have mixed feelings. Um, I don't hate it, but I don't love it either. It's just yeah. kind of there. Um, I think like this is. I guess this is the way I always recommend Venom. That if you legit don't have anything else to watch, but you just want a good like action movie to pass the time, Venom is your to-go movie. <laughs> like, don't make it a priority, but like just if you just want to watch something to like be like, oh, to scratch that action itch, then Venom is definitely the movie to watch. Um, Got it. Got it. Yeah. But going off that, yeah, like it's it's not good. It's not good. But I guess like the action and just like the fact that there's a Venom movie just makes up for it, I guess. Yeah. Okay. I get what you're saying. And on a lot of fronts, I do agree. Um, I don't hate it. I also don't love it. Um, it's very schlocky kind of like what I was saying before, it's not a terribly well-made movie. You know, it's not really a quote-unquote good movie, you know, by, you know, uh, by, by a lot of standards, right? Um, mm-hmm. I would say there is kind of a campy charm to it, though. Um, I thought it was kind of fun, and I thought it didn't take itself too seriously so um yeah you know at the end of the day i I had fun with that first venom movie 
it's not great and arguably it's not even good <laughs> but um you know it's not completely without any merit um so there is some fun to be had there okay it, it, it's it's so funny you say that because those same remarks about you think saying like it's campy doesn't take itself seriously. I saw that more towards the second movie than the first one. Mm, okay. Well, good segue. Let's get into Venom 2. Venom, let there be carnage. So, you know, a glaring omission from the first Venom movie is carnage, right? So, well... I should uh, correct that, you know, he doesn't show up prominently, but he does show up at the very end, right? Um, And he does tease a sequel. So sure enough, the sequel did come. And in a lot of ways, it's, it's kind of wish fulfillment for Venom fans. You know, the, the showdown at the end of Venom wasn't Venom versus Carnage. It was Venom versus Riot, right? <laughs> what the hell's Riot? <laughs> so this is, this is like, this is the matchup everyone wanted, right? Venom versus Carnage. So we finally got it. How did it turn out? Well, uh, let's first talk a little bit about how did we come to see this movie um, in this age of COVID? Uh, it's, you know, movie experiences are all across the board. There's mm-hmm. in-person at the theaters, there's streaming, there's premium streaming, there's all kinds of stuff, right? So um, we both did see this in the theaters. Um, when and where did you see the Venom sequel, Preferio? So yeah, I saw it opening weekend. Um, I went with my dad and my brother um it was my dad's birthday and i was like oh like this would be a fun way to uh go celebrate his birthday because he loves going to the movie theater and um i had recommended venom because i don't remember what else was out that weekend um but that was the only one that stood out to me that was like let's go watch and um i guess isn't it was an experience for both both my brother and my dad because they had they'd never seen the first one so the Ah. second one um i was kind of like like they didn't even know this was a sequel i just had to explain to them i think you'll be okay about understanding the sequel or anything like that or understanding the origin movie um so yeah i saw it down here in orange county opening weekend and um i honestly had like i mean yeah like even though i said like the first one um wasn't that well received for the second one i still had like high hopes just because carnage was in it i had just read a carnage um series that just came out over the summer um and I was like, oh, yay, I can't wait to see this guy. And I guess that's why I hyped myself up for the sequel. <laughs> Got it. Okay, cool. Um, okay, on my end, I saw this uh, not on opening weekend. I actually wasn't planning on watching this in the theaters at all. Uh, but I found myself in. New York City in mid-October on vacation and I did see this movie on vacation on October 13th a couple weeks after release and it was at uh, the Alamo Draft House in Brooklyn which is a really cool movie venue Um, highly recommend seeing a movie there okay um at this point, I think we can dive into the movie itself. And before we do that, a quick spoiler alert. Everything's fair game here. We may get into plot spoilers, etc. So you've been warned. All right. So Venom, let there be carnage. What do you think? Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, interesting that you mentioned 
like even with sort of the you know somewhat lukewarm quality of the first one you still had some expectations here um yeah i didn't have huge expect expectations um i i remember you sent out this really scathing movie review about this movie uh but prior to release uh so i definitely had my expectations like tempered um that said you know i i was you know had an open mind um i think uh the director andy circus was um he kind of made it interesting to me because he's just had such a, an interesting career and he's been associated to a lot of cool projects um mm-hmm. so there was a bit of optimism because of that on my end so you know i wasn't say i wouldn't say i was like really looking forward to this but um I went in thinking, hey, maybe this might be good. Maybe this might be interesting. So um, what do you think? What what do you think of this movie? Just kind of general thoughts. No, same thing like you. Like I, after yeah, kind of being like let down a little from the first movie, at first, I wasn't so lukewarm about the sequel, especially with um, uh, Woody Harrison playing Carnage. I, I, I don't know. I just didn't think he was the right fit for the role. Um, but later on, when it was announced that, yeah, Andy Serkis and that it was confirmed that it was going to be a Carnage movie, I think that gave me like a more lukewarm welcome to the movie. I was like, like you said, Andy has just an amazing career to some really great projects like um, King Kong, Lord of the Rings, um, uh, Black Panther. Like he just, he's a really great actor. Yeah. And um, and Carnage, like what well, there's not to like about Carnage, he's a freaking psychopath. And so how could you mess that up? watch the movie and you could, and that answer would be, (laughs) then there's your answer. But um, yeah, I just, I had, I guess, like a little bit of high expectation for it. Um, And coming out of the movie, like, yeah, going in, I was like, this movie's gonna be awesome. This movie's gonna be badass. And like I was saying, this movie, I felt like did not take itself seriously. I kind of realized like, it's strange from the first movie about being funny and not taking itself seriously. And I just felt like it totally went that route this way around. It was not horror. It was not blood and gory like, like I expected. It was kind of like joke after punchline after punchline. And I think once I accept that fact that it was not going to be the movie I had wanted it to be and it was just gonna be like a kind of like um movie that doesn't take itself seriously it was just like here we got this i think once i accepted that fact then i enjoyed it a lot more okay good so you kind of let go of your expectations and just kind of went with the flow basically yeah Mm -hmm. okay oh i got it interesting yeah um Yeah, I would say it sounds like you like this movie a lot more than I did <laughs> because <laughs> I'm definitely not a fan. Um, so, yeah, a little bit more on my experience. Um, yeah, the the Alamo Draft House in Brooklyn is really cool. And just, you know, Alamo Draft Houses anywhere are cool. Um, but it's a great place to watch a movie. Um, you can order food from your seat, which I did. And, you know, I was on vacation, you know, I, I just went to New York Comic Con. So I, I was in a good mood. And um, the movie watching experience that night was great. I had a good time. OK, so let's separate that a bit. I had a good time watching this movie, but, it, you know, to give this movie like a recommendation would be an insult to legit good movies, right? <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, like th- this is just not 
a quality film you know uh it's just there's a lot of problems uh, uh, basically everything about it was like of low quality <laughs> let's just say that um it's hard to explain because like to me every aspect of it was like was kind of schlocky and and uh and and low rent in a lot of ways okay um yeah, you know, it's funny, like, if you if you look at the cast in this movie, it's a pretty good cast, right? We're talking Tom Hardy, Woody Harrelson, Michelle Williams, Naomi Harris. Um, you know, it's actors who have been great in other stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And um, we know these are good actors, but they're not good in this movie, right? I mean, any actor is only as good as the script that they're uh, acting off of, right? So I think that's more to blame. But it's it's worth mentioning that it's a great cast, but you know the acting acting performances are not great. Um, and like bottom line, I didn't really care. I didn't really care about any of the characters in this movie. I didn't really care about the story in this movie. Um, yeah, I, I just, I had a lot of problems <laughs> watching this one. <laughs> and again, uh, I'm sure we've all been there where we're in a good mood and we're like, oh, I'm, I'm glad I'm out at the movies. I'm having a good time. And the, and the movie itself maybe isn't so great. Um, that definitely was my experience watching this movie. Um, I had a good time watching it, but. I cannot in any universe <laughs> recommend this movie. It, just, <laughs> it would just be, I would be ashamed to <laughs> recommend this movie. Nobody uh, would trust you after yeah, you recommend that. Exactly. There you go. Um, so maybe we get, maybe we can get into uh, some of the specifics, right? Um, mm-hmm. We usually start with, the good and then go to the bad. So yeah, maybe we'll highlight um, some of the stuff we liked in the movie. There was mm-hmm. some stuff I did like. It, it wasn't like 100% awful to me. So uh, there were some aspects that I did enjoy. But yeah, how about you, Preferio? Were there specific things in the movie you liked? Yeah, I guess like I said, the jokes that they had, like especially between um, Venom and Eddie, um, the relationship they had, I thought was pretty funny. And like the way Venom would just call Eddie a loser and be like, you need me and this stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I like that relationship. I like uh, kind of, yeah, like seeing um, the action scenes. I definitely wish there was way more like, blood and gore like anytime like carnage killed someone like it was just like a slash there was no blood shown um no like when they bit like a head off or something they kind of did it off screen right um uh like i said i guess the action scenes were cool but i just wish there was more especially if you read like the carnage um comics like there's just it's just really freaking bloody and out there <laughs> yeah um yeah. uh what else that like i like the one scene i guess when venom's just like going from host to host and he's like at the club and he's talking about like how eddie totally dissed him and he's just gonna go on and do his, his own thing um but yeah, that's it's it's kind of hard to pinpoint the good spots from this film. <laughs> Where about you? Did you have any? Yeah, yeah. There's there were some things I liked. Um, you actually named one of them. Um, the uh, the voice in Eddie's head, right? So we, we got quite a bit of that in the first Venom movie, and I liked it there, and I also liked it here. You know, I think it's kind of funny. It's that 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 banter right it's like eddie brock versus venom and they're just like they're like the odd couple in a way right 
mm-hmm. um, I found that pretty funny. You know, you mentioned there's a lot of jokes and whatnot, like a lot of the comedy in this movie just didn't work for me. Um, but I, I did like the uh, like the banter, you know, the the banter inside of Eddie Brock's brain. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was funny. Um, now, another thing I thought was cool was the Carnage character design. I thought Carnage looked pretty badass in this movie. Um, yeah, you know, the look of Carnage is really straight out of the comics. He looks like the car, the Carnage from Marvel Comics. And um, yeah, you know, uh, the the visual effects from Venom 1 and Venom 2 are okay, you know, nothing great, but um, I just kind of like the 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 visual design of Carnage. Like like I was saying, he, he looks cool and he's comics faithful and um, just kind of uh, visually worked for me. I, I liked the way Carnage looked here. So, uh, you know, hey, <laughs> I did enjoy that. <laughs> Here's a plus. Um, and uh, okay, we're going to get into this a lot more later, but the post credit scene in Venom 2 is really cool. <laughs> Uh, it's almost like it almost made the movie like worth watching just for this scene, you know? Um, yeah. Well, yes, well, well, serious- well, right. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. That two minutes post credits is probably better than the whole movie. Yeah, I think so. Um, we'll, we'll circle back. We'll come back to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, awesome post credit scene. Uh, that's that has to be said. Okay, what about the cons? What didn't work so great? I mean, there's a lot <laughs> on my side, <laughs> uh, but anything yeah, anything specific that you didn't like about this one? Like I said, I think the number the number one thing was that it was PG-13. Like I definitely wanted a hard rated R blood and gory um inspired film. And if it wasn't going to be that, I kind of did one like a more darker horror edge and I wasn't even given that either <laughs> um so yeah like I said I had just I guess a little bit of high expectations just because the villain who was who was gonna be the main villain and who's directing the film Andy Circus, and I was let down man <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh-huh yeah, I'm totally with you. Like, I think of this film series and it's definitely uneven. You know, I think I had some fun with the first Venom. Had, you know, a pleasurable night at, night at the movies watching this one. Um, but man, if they were to go the rated R route, these movies could have been so much better. You know, like, I, you know, not even high quality, but at least more fun, you know, some blood and guts, some more F-bombs and, you know, mm-hmm. just just like it, the whole the whole thing seemed kind of muzzled. Right. Like there's violence, mm-hmm. but not that much violence. And there's comedy, but it's not like edgy enough to be really funny. Um, and just. Yeah, and there there are horror elements, which is cool. Yeah, I think we talked about that in our review of Venom 1. We were talking about how this is a superhero movie with horror elements, which is pretty cool, you know? Like, um, I would see love to see more of this kind of stuff. Like, so far, there's Venom. There's uh, that, um, that shitty New Mutants movie. Um, <laughs> But I think there's potential there, like uh, superheroes plus horror, you know. Um, but if you're doing a PG-13 movie, you just you, you can't push the envelope, right? It's you can't really have a like a, a legit horror movie. You can't get a horror movie that you actually want to watch, right? So like on all fronts, the horror, the comedy, 
the violence, it's all kind of toned down. And that's just too bad. You're, you're really fighting an uphill battle uh, if you're not getting the R rating here. So mm-hmm. what can you get, right? What, you know, you look at the MCU, you, there, there are a lot of things you can do without the R rating. Uh, but man, this movie doesn't hit on any of that. I talked about it earlier, but I don't think the acting's good. I don't care about the characters. The story is like, yeah, you know, ho hum. Like something about uh, Cletus Cassidy, aka Carnage, wanting to get his girlfriend back, um, and just I don't know. I, <laughs> I I kind of gave up on caring about it pretty early on. Um, and yeah, bottom line is, uh, didn't really care about what was going on. Um, even then I can maybe, uh, get some enjoyment out of it. If there was, uh, some fun campiness or some good action scenes, but I even thought it fell short on both of those, you know, I thought there was some campy charm to the first Venom movie. I didn't think there really was here. Like I I was saying earlier, I I didn't really find this movie all that funny. You know, I I like the, uh, the Venom, uh, you know, voice in Eddie's head thing, but that was about it. Like all all the other jokes, uh, they didn't really work for me. Um, And the action, I thought the action was like overly CG'd. Yeah, it was that oh, that problem with like two giant CG monsters fighting each other. It's just not that compelling. Like we talked a little bit about this uh, with our Shang-Chi review. Love the Shang-Chi movie, except that silly end where with those two big CG dragons fighting each other. Like, who cares, right? Um, you know, finally we get to see Venom versus Carnage in a movie. Uh and when we finally get that, it's like, oh, this is exciting. But in the end, it's just like two big CG monsters fighting. And it's just sort of like, yeah, <laughs> that that left left me uh, kind of hanging, too. So, yeah, a lot of problems here. And um, yeah, uh, you named a big one without the R rating. You you really think like is this going to work? And um, it could work. Movies can work. Even movies like this that are like kind of have a darker edge to it. Um, They don't necessarily need an R rating, but uh, um, yeah, there was, there was, uh, there were too many shortcomings. Uh, So just didn't work for me. Just overall didn't quite work. No. Yeah. I agree. A lot of points you're saying, like I, the acting was just not that good. Um, the characters you really did not care for. Like, sure, Venom was funny, but Eddie Brock was, I really didn't care. He just seemed like a guy who complained a lot. Like, <laughs> he just complained a lot. Yeah, and I was, yeah. So I was really over it. His ex-girlfriend and her boyfriend, like, they just seem like unnecessary characters, you know, like they were just kind of there for comedic relief. Um, Rudy Harrelson, again, like I didn't, I wasn't so hot on the idea of him playing Cassidy when that was revealed in the first film. And then I was like, okay, you know what? I'll give him a chance, you know, because he does have, you, you know, for, I don't know. For him, I, he's like a hit or miss. Like, I liked him in the Hunger Games films, but other films, it's just a total hit or miss. And this one was a very big miss. I did, I just don't get why they casted him for this role. Like, that wig that he wore <laughs> was so stupid. <laughs> um, the, his backstory to why he's a villain, an evil guy in the mental hospital was really dumb. Um, and then that whole love story between him and Shriek was stupid and unnecessary. Um, 
And then Shriek was just another character that was let down because I like her in the comics. And, you know, I don't know. It's just one thing over another for me. Like, I didn't, I just did not care for any actor in this, any actor or character in this movie. Yeah. It's pretty wild because the cast is pretty good, you know, like um, a lot of times you take like a good dramatic actor and you put him in a superhero movie and you're like, wow, they were so good in this other thing. Now they're so bad. What the hell is up with that? And a lot of mm-hmm. it is like the genre, right? With superhero movies, oftentimes actors just are limited, right? Um, but you know, a good counter argument to that is Tom Hardy himself. Like Tom Hardy played Bane in Dark Knight Rises, and I thought he was so awesome in that movie. And it's the same genre; they're both superhero movies. But you compare his performance as Bane versus his performance as Eddie Brock, and it's like, damn, dude, <laughs> what happened? And I think that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about the script, right? Um, if you don't have a decent script, then, you know, even the greatest actor on the planet can look really bad, right? So mm-hmm. I think the script can be uh, to blame, at least in part here. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely a lot of shortcomings. And um, yeah, so why don't we move on here? I think we're both kind of chomping at the bit to get into the post credit stuff and the Spider-Man related stuff. Um, but before we do that, let's give our rating. Let's rate Venom. Let there be carnage out of five. What would you give this movie? You know, I don't think I've ever done it on the podcast, but I think I would give this one probably a one out of five. You're going one here, huh? Yeah. <laughs> wow. No, I had the impression that you actually kind of had fun with this movie. No? <laughs> like like I said, I once I accepted the fact that it was not going to be the movie I expected, I had fun with it. But I had a movie expectation to this movie, and I feel like that's the least I should have got with if you're dealing with characters like Venom and Carnage. And the fact that they weren't able to deliver that I was just kind of let down. Um, I feel like even if I gave like a two, that's still kind of a recommendation for me. And like you, I wouldn't just, I would just, I wouldn't recommend Let There Be Carnage to anybody. Oh, <laughs> like okay. Venom, I could low-key recommend. Like if you have nothing else to watch, you go watch Venom. Let There Be Carnage. If you legit have nothing else to watch and you already finished watching all Sharknado movies, then go ahead and watch <laughs> Let There Be Carnage. But um, yeah. Even after Sharknado, you would, <laughs> you would put it after those movies. That's saying something. Wow. Okay. And just to be clear, uh, you know, by our scale, we've been saying that a three is a recommendation and a two is not. Uh, but you're going with the, with the one here, huh? With the numero yeah. uno. Damn, yeah. that's that's major. Okay. Um, wow. And and just uh, before we get off that, it sounds like what you're saying is you had a similar experience to me where you actually had like a pleasurable night out at the movies and you were able to like enjoy yourself, right? But the mm-hmm. movie itself, you're just saying is not good and you just cannot will not recommend it to anyone right no (laughs) okay okay i'm not that evil (laughs) all right so i think we're speaking the same language here um so i stand corrected because uh, i said earlier sounded like you like the movie more than me um now i'm thinking you probably dislike the movie more than me um i'm going with it too um, like I'm saying, uh, not a recommendation, uh, but I think the few bright spots, you know, elevated, elevated it from uh, the lowest possible score of one. So I'll go with two. 
Um, yeah, maybe maybe the 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 one factor is the the character design on Carnage. Like, dude, if they were to have Carnage in the MCU, I hope he would look like this or of this caliber. Like, I thought he looked cool. Um, you know, that's to say <laughs> nothing of of the acting, the directing, the script, the, uh-huh. the, the, the visual effects, all that stuff about this movie. But um, uh, just the, the Carnage character design, I, 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 I dig it. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. Before we go to the post credit scene, yeah, like it's so weird that you know, like I think Venom made uh, um, broke box office records for being like the biggest box opening during COVID. I think of eight hundred million. Like that's more than Shang Chi, more than Black Widow, more than Godzilla versus King Kong. So. Obviously, people liked it, and yeah, there was some, you know, I guess like, pe- like uh, better res- better responses than us. But so, don't take our word for it, I guess. <laughs> well, that's a good point because you know we're here giving two thumbs down, basically, and we're saying, oh, there are so many other better superhero movies out there but look what what did we do we paid money to see this movie <laughs> we contributed to this big box office so we have only ourselves to blame blame if they continue to make movies like this right so <laughs> um yeah let's let, let that be known <laughs> <laughs> okay but just to wrap up on my rating two out of five not a recommendation um simply a bad movie on essentially all fronts um not completely uh unredeemable i guess you could say um but uh not a good movie we'll leave it at that okay Mm -hmm. so let's get on to more interesting discussion let's talk about that post credit scene this was a big surprise to me i'll give a little description but basically at the end of venom 2 eddie brock is transported somewhere right like out of nowhere he just kind of ends up in a hotel room and the tv is on and on tv we see we see uh j jonah jameson right and he's talking about none other than peter parker and we see tom holland as peter parker and eddie brock is seeing this so it appears that uh the tom holland spider-verse will or has crossed paths with the Tom Hardy Venomverse, right? <laughs> and um, whereas before, you know, there was some question as to would these just be completely separate things? Now it's like, oh, what's happening here? Uh, is Venom joining the MCU? Is there going to be some sort of buildup to the Sinister Six? What is in store in this new Spider-Man movie? Because there's already tons of speculation about old Spider-Man villains from the Sam Raimi movies coming back and villains from the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies coming back and villains from the current trilogy coming back too. Now Venom also, uh, I mean, like my head was like completely blown away uh, with this scene. Uh, yeah, I'm still kind of processing it all. What uh, What's your take on this scene? What are your thoughts? I was definitely blown away when that whole post-credit scene was going on. I was like, oh my gosh, this is big. This is like 
you know, kind of as big as like I don't, I don't know, as when Spider-Man was first announced that he was going to be the MCU, because it's just like, you know, Sony and Marvel have always kept like that, um, you know, Disney Marvel have always kept like that distance about like crossing paths between um, their the Spider-Man rights and everything, the Spider-Man property. Yeah. And so this is kind of like the, the first acknowledgement before... Um, Spider-Man No Way Home where the two like two different movie franchises have crossed paths you know like it, so it's just like oh my gosh like can't believe this is actually going to happen because yeah for years ever since the first Venom movie was announced that people have been wanting this crossover and the fact that we're getting it especially like two months out from No Way Home now people can't help but be like, oh my gosh, is Venom going to be in No Way Home? Like, what does the Spider-Verse mean for, like, the two um, companies or for the MCU as a whole? Like, there's just there's just a lot of talk about, like, what that means for within these movie franchises and what's going on, like, behind the scenes with, like, uh, yeah, like, character property and actor contracts and all that kind of stuff so uh it just has a much like bigger conversation than like a two minute <laughs> post-credit scene yeah yeah oh you, you you nailed it there it's like a two minute scene but the ram the ramifications of the scene are big right so many questions now so many questions and i think we can address a lot of these questions here and now, like we can kind of frame form discuss, but any questions you have, just throw them out there. Um, now I'm going to pose something real quick. Um, okay. Like with this post-credit scene, it really begs the question of what is going on with the Tom Holland Spider-Man trilogy, right? Um, there are some theories and I, I, I'm kind of buying this one, but I'm thinking, you know, as sad as it may sound, I'm thinking that Spider-Man No Way Home will be the exit from the MCU for the Tom Holland, Peter Parker. I mean, that sucks, right? Uh, but it's, 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 it's sure sounding like it, right? Like we saw in the trailer, Dr. Strange does this thing and all of a sudden Peter Parker is like encountering the Alfred Molina, Doc Ock and the Willem Dafoe, Green Goblin. And it sure as hell seems like he's in the Spider-Man Sony-verse, right? And everything we've seen since that trailer seems to sort of back that up, right? It seems like, okay, they want to throw Venom in with Tom Holland. Uh, we should talk about the Morbius trailer that just dropped. That kind of continues that conversation. It just seems like Sony wants to take Tom Holland and put him in the Sony-verse, right? and um, just sort of cut ties with the MCU. Um, I, I, sadly, I think that's, that is what is happening here. Um, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on that? You think that might be the case? I could see that happening. Um, yeah, I see like Spider-Man, especially with the storyline that they're going in No Way Home, how, spider-man's identity is revealed and peter parker wants to go back to when nobody knew his identity and then dr strange comes and tries to make that spell but then um creates like a ripple within the multiverse um i could see like yes spider-man exiting the mcu and joining more of like this like sony-verse um because, you know, I think there's already, like, talks of... I think Andy Serkis, like, hinted that 
he's uh, especially with this post credit scene that he's kind of excited to see like what kind of possibilities he could do for uh, Venom 3 um, Mm -hmm. like having like more crossovers with Spider-Man so it seems like Spider-Man might be more going to like like we said the the Sony-verse um but i think overall like cuz i i i'm not 100% sure but i think tom holland's contract expires after no way home and he kind of says that he wants to leave the role at least for now like just to continue doing other projects um I don't, yeah, I don't think he's given like insight about like returning anytime soon. But with Spider Man and at the point that he is right now in the MCU Phase Four storyline, you don't need Spider Man either. Like he's just a big name that everybody loves or anything. And if you do need Spider Man, like there's other Spider people that, um can easily take the role that's already happening now you know like Hawkeye and um, other characters but like yeah you could use Miles Morales or I think they're making a Spider-Woman TV show coming out um, uh, Silk TV show so there's just a whole bunch of other Spider people that um, Marvel can utilize rather than just Peter Parker yeah, good take. And yeah, I think Miles Morales may weigh heavily in this conversation because I'm thinking if Kevin Feige can introduce Miles Morales into the MCU, he would be okay with letting go of Peter Parker. You know, there is a lot of refreshing new storylines he could explore with Miles. And it would be, you know, kind of faithful to the comics because that's how Miles Morales was introduced into the Ultimate Universe. He didn't uh, fight alongside Peter Parker. He replaced Peter Parker, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So that kind of, that prospect makes me feel like okay there there might be something to this rumor thing where uh spider-man is the the peter parker tom holland spider-man uh, will be exiting the mm-hmm. mcu so yeah it's kind of sad i mean look at what uh that tom holland spider-man has done in the mcu right the uh two spider-man movies to date the third one coming and uh infinity war and end game i mean that's a pretty fucking good track record right <laughs> um and i dude i'd be really sad to see him leave all of that um but i kind of feel like that's what's happening here okay so what else let's talk some sinister six Okay, so yeah, probably more than any like Tom Holland is leaving this, the MCU talk is uh, a lot of Sinister Six discussion because um, there was already that feel to it when we got the little hints at Doc Ock and Green Goblin in the No Way Home trailer. But then, uh, yeah, what has happened since? Since then, we got this Venom 2 post-credit scene. So all of a sudden, it's like, oh, shit. Venom might be part of uh, No Way Home also and a potential uh, Sinister Six member. So there's three, right? Doc Ock, Gobby, and Venom. And then there's Morbius. Again, with the first Morbius trailer, there really wasn't a whole lot of indication that there would be a tie-in with Spider-Man. But now, there sure as hell is. 
let's talk a little bit about the new Morbius trailer. So with the new Morbius trailer, uh, Michael Keaton appears in this movie. And um, instantly there's a connection to the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, because, of course, Michael Keaton played the Vulture in Homecoming. Mm-hmm. What else? Uh, there's a Venom reference. There's a Spider-Man poster with the words murderer written on it. Uh, there's a very subtle blink and you miss it moment where there's a Daily Bugle newspaper with references to Rhino and Black Cat. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> more <laughs> crazy speculation, right? Uh, but just continuing on here, yeah, Morbius, potentially the fourth member of the Sinister Six. Uh, Vulture, now that he's appeared in that uh, Morbius trailer, he's a potential fifth. And I guess he was potential all along because he was in Homecoming. And um, guess what? There's a Craven the Hunter movie in the works from Sony starring a- uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's a potential sixth on the team. Uh, so there's that. Uh, there's a whole lot of other supervillains who might be involved. Um, there's Mysterio, of course. Uh, you know, with Mysterio, you really never know. He, seemingly he died in Far From Home, but you, know, you never know with Mysterio. Scorpion was uh, hinted at in Homecoming. Electro is rumored to be in No Way Home. I, I don't know if it's even a rumor. Isn't he at, like Jamie Foxx confirmed to be in uh, No Way Home? He, he's, confir- he's confirmed to be in it and getting a whole other character design than what he got in the Amazing Spider-Man series. There you go. And then, uh, again, the the Easter egg references to Rhino and Black Cat in the Morbius trailer. So yeah, there's another one, two, three, five more Spider-Man villains. So uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, Sinister Six speculation time. Now question, do you think we will see the Sinister Six in No Way Home? Oh yeah, I think there's no doubt about it. No doubt, wow. That's a bold statement but i could see it happening um i feel like they're going to tease it more than actually have like a full-on team-up battle or anything but i could see at the end where they like get together and maybe like the next movie spider-man actually battles them something like that um but i i think i might be with you i think i think if i had to bet on one or the other i would probably put money on the sinister six appearing you know in its entirety all six members in mm-hmm. no way home now maybe it will be just like a real quick shot of them and and maybe they don't even stay together because this multiverse thing but um yeah i think yeah i i think i think we might see it i, I could definitely see that happening and, yeah, uh, that's that's exciting. It's an exciting this, prospect. This is this is how I see it planning out. Okay. I see it like Spider-Man goes through all the the universes, the semi rain, the um, amazing Spider-Man universes, and then um, you know he's encountering the different villains, and as he's going to the different multiverses, the villains kind of follow him, and then there's like this like whole like. Um, team up of the sinister six like uh going up against like spider-man and spider-man like tom holland spider-man's like he can't do it by himself and then oh here comes like it's like end game here comes these portals to the left of him <laughs> and out comes andrew garfield and toby mcguire and then they come and defeat the sinister six wow <laughs> Like <laughs> that's pretty far out, man. But man, if that happened, that'd be amazing. I mean, it's possible. Like uh, with this movie, yeah, I can't wait to watch this movie. I cannot wait to see what happens. 
I don't know if it's going to get that bonkers, but uh, it has the potential to get that bonkers. I would say that. You know who I would say is another big, I mean, I really, I like, I think it's pretty low, but I feel like another villain that's a potential Sinister Six um, member is Kingpin from the Daredevil Netflix series. Oh, interesting take. Yeah, you know. I mean, I, I'm at the point where it's like anything is possible. Right? You oh, just, hell yeah. You, you just yeah. don't know. Yeah. So we'll see. We, we, we shall see. We shall see. But yeah, any any prospect of Sinister Six getting together, getting together is exciting. Spider-Man battling the Sinister Six. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So... We shall see. Mm-hmm. We shall see. Since, okay, let me ask one more question. Like, since we're, you know, this was generally a Venom podcast, um, what, how, like, what do you think are the chances of us seeing Venom in No Way Home? Well, look, the end of Venom 2 sure as hell teased a Venom appearance in no way mm-hmm. home and um yeah i i feel like we'd be cheated if venom didn't show up somehow right like it's almost like they're advertising him to be in it right i'd, I'd feel cheated right if, if he didn't show up uh so or he could just or or he could they could just be teasing a potential venom 3 movie with J. Jonah Jameson and Peter Parker in it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess there's that. But to me, it really felt like, you know, they were teasing Venom to be in No Way Home, period. You know, like, look, the previous Venom movie, they had a post credit scene of Into the Spider-Verse, right? They were just promoting the next Spider-Man project. So I kind of liken this put post-credit scene to that where they're just like promoting the next one so yeah it it just that's what it feels like now how prominent will venom be in that movie i kind of get the feeling it won't be prominent at all um in fact all these characters we're mentioning i mean there are so many we've mentioned so most likely you know no single one of them will be like you know really significant in the movie maybe we're looking at a lot of cameo appearances here i don't know mm-hmm. i i just don't know I, I i can't really wrap my head around it it's uh it's almost too much to take uh but i love it man i i kind of love like not knowing at all what's going to happen <laughs> right like uh with a lot of this uh superhero movie stuff you kind of have an idea of what's coming but man just with this spider-man stuff and you know how much i love spider-man i just don't know what's coming and it's kind of a cool feeling just not knowing it's exciting yeah like it's mysterious Mm -hmm. okay uh you know a little bit a little bit more about miles morales like i love miles and i cannot wait to see him in a movie um but i was thinking a little bit more about where the mcu is headed and it sure feels like Miles Morales is like a great fit for the future of the MCU. I mean, the future of the MCU is looking very diverse and inclusive. And that is like Miles Morales, right? That is like what he's all about, right? You know, in the comics, he's on the, the team, the champions, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know? Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, is on that team, right? Uh, hint, hint, you know, she's getting her own show soon. Uh, so it just, it really feels like uh, Miles would be a perfect fit for where the MCU is heading. Um, so, yeah, j- just kind of reinforcing what I was saying earlier. Um, I could see a little swap, you know, we... Uh, uh, Feige is like, we'll give you Peter Parker if you give us Miles, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, that's that's how it's been with Disney and Sony, right? 
unfortunately it's it's not like a partnership it's more of a you know mercenary kind of relationship like they're renting out spider-man and like we're putting spider-man in cool movies but you know you have to give us the rights and just like there's this this like quid pro quo thing going on uh so it's kind of unfortunate but uh that's how it's been um so if that's how it's gonna be that's how it's gonna be um but i wouldn't hate it you know a little peter parker for miles morales trade uh we'll see um that said i kind of doubt that we're gonna get miles in no way home that kind of popped in my head it's like oh uh like everyone's wanting to see miles morales in live action movies right um when is he gonna appear uh, I, I I don't think he will be in No Way Home. Um, I kind of hope he won't because it seems so crowded already. Um, like I want his introduction to be like really impactful, right? So mm-hmm. um, we'll see. But yeah, I, I kind of don't think that's going to happen. I think that's for the future. And I think that's going to be uh, like MCU proper. Here's another question. It just popping in my head. So I mentioned MCU proper. Uh, this new Spider-Man movie, does this feel like an MCU movie or does it feel like a Sony movie? I feel like whew, definitely more MCU. I think yeah. just because the whole Doctor Strange element, I guess. Yeah, I see what you're saying there. But the trilogy to date, has been in the MCU, but obviously, you know, co-production with Sony and there have been Sony elements in it, but I'm telling you, it feels like this one, it's, it's just going to extract itself from the MCU and become this big Sony bonanza, <laughs> you know, like, you know, they're, they're exploring like past Spider-Man characters in Sony movies and, uh, it just it's it seems like it's starting to get into that territory where it might be more of a Sony movie. Again, it, it's just I don't know what's gonna happen. We'll see, but uh, that, that that's kind of a feeling I'm getting. That mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, I, I okay. It, here, here's what I think is gonna happen: is it's gonna ultimately it's gonna feel more like a Sony movie than the previous couple Spider-Man movies. You know, that's what I think. Mm-hmm. Whose logo are we going to see on that? Do do we see the Sony logo <laughs> on on the on Spider-Man movies like Homecoming and and Far From Home? That is a good question. I feel like in the end credits we do see Sony, but I don't recall seeing them in the opening credits. Yeah, I mean, I you, you see, like, produced by Amy Pascal, and you see all, like, the, the Sony people in the credits, but mm-hmm. I don't recall seeing, like, Sony logos all over the place. Like, with uh, Into the Spider-Verse, like, Sony is, like, all over the place in the beginning, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you see that, that a Sony Columbia woman, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, with the... With, uh, with Homecoming and Far From Home, yeah, they, they felt pretty MCU, proper MCU, you know, going in. Could be all changing, though. Could be changing big we'll time. Just wait, wait and see. Yeah. But, you know, like uh, what I said earlier about Tom Holland, like so many great MCU moments, right? His own movies were really good. And then just like these legendary moments in Endgame and Infinity War, like, like he's he's good. <laughs> like, I mean, and I'm good with what he's contributed, right? So if this is it for him in the MCU, I, I kind of I'm kind of like I was saying before, I'd be sad, and yeah, I'd be sad, but I, I'd be okay with it. I'd be like, dude, you you, you killed it, dude, <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah. props to you. Farewell and good luck, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. All good, all good. All right. With that, 
we can wrap up the episode. This is Farewell from Henry and Porfirio.